0: Cornerstone Conversations, having a chat with Neil and Matt.
1: Good morning, Matt. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hi, I'm Neil. Is How it? are
0: you? I'm good. It's not morning.
1: Uh oh, good afternoon. Good
0: afternoon. Everyone. Good afternoon, everyone.
1: Loved you to be back. This is our uh, somethingth episode of Cornerstone Conversations. 100,
0: 107.
1: Wow, 107. Yeah. That's crazy. That's this, a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot of... Dribble. <laughs> hey, um, Matt. I was just yes. uh, was speaking the weekend on. Uh, you were getting sunburnt.
0: Yeah, yeah. You did talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I was, yeah.
1: I was just impressed with the way we used to get sunburnt in the old days. Yeah. Looking at the new generation, they've got no idea. Um, no idea what they're doing. Nah. No. <laughs> yes. No. I was just thinking back to how you know you'd go to the cricket, and basically everyone would be taken off their shirts. They'd have zinc cream on their nose, they just have this short terry-toweling hat with no oh, yeah. brim. Yep. And even when we were kids, just going out on the weekends, you'd get so sunburnt, mm. and you'd just go so red.
0: You w- Yes.
1: And every week, there'd yes. be someone peeling in your class, and not peeling bananas, their skin was <laughs> oh, yeah. coming off. Yeah. And yep. You know, you'd know you have this raw red back, and someone would hit you in the back. You had to try not to wince, because if anyone knew you were somebody Yeah, true, hey the end of it yeah 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 was pretty horrid i was thinking back even like my sister used to put coconut oil on just to make sure she really fried out in the sun like yeah right zero sun protection factor it was all about getting brown
0: yeah yeah and did it make brownness happen uh
1: i guess so (laughs) after after you finished peeling you probably had yeah yeah it wasn't very good for everyone i'm sure but no no probably not the reason that I was thinking about sunburn was mm. I used to get really, really sunburnt, nose, face, everything. And um my dad used to call me Moses. He'd he'd be, you know, he's really hilarious. And go, here you go, Moses. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
0: 'Cause Oh, cause you you were such glowing, you your face you was glowing. Ah, oh, I see. Nice segue. Yeah, nice segue. Nice segue, Neil. Yeah.
1: Like it. So my face was shining. Yes. And you could tell I'd be like in the, the presence sun. of the sun, S-U-N, not S-O-N. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. So I've been looking really at, you know, the things about God that really attract us to him, but mm. we don't necessarily stay in them. And one of the verses that was just sticking in my mind for actually ages was the verse that says, um, come taste and see that the Lord is good. And just reflecting on that with people and how they live their lives um, and the season of goodness that sometimes we have. So, you know, when we first come to Christ, there's like this whole, you know, my sins are forgiven, I feel mm. so light, so so beautiful, or we might be going through a really hard time, someone prays for us. And God's peace just comes upon us in an amazing way. And we're like, wow, you know, look what happened. Or maybe it could even be a healing you know, and I sort of gave the example of say perhaps you were a a smoker and you had lung cancer and you get prayed for and you get healed or something, yeah, and it's like we get this taste of God you know to see his goodness and but then sometimes it doesn't seem to last matt um and so that led me to questioning why why doesn't it last mm. you, know, you got any thoughts about that? no
0: i'm 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 interested to hear your thoughts neil on mm. on the why i think oh maybe I do have some thoughts on it yeah maybe I do now that i don't want to i've, give them out I've uh, yet. paused long enough to think about it yeah um yeah no i think there's there's times where we just get i think it's just distraction yep um self gets in the way um busyness and all of that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, you know, I, I yeah, just just definitely not remaining. It's that there's that yeah. thing of, of abiding in the vine of of uh, remaining in His presence yeah. in in the midst of everything. Yeah, um, and just just losing track of that, I think. Yeah, is my thought.
1: Yeah, I reckon you're right. So that whole staying in his presence and, mm. and this is what happened with Moses that he had this encounter with God which we're going to go and look at in a minute. Um, but I sort of get this sense that God reveals himself in such an amazing way that he gives us a taste of what it's like to live in him Yep. and in his presence and to be walking with him. This is what you can have. So it's like the taste of, do you want this? Yep, mm. I do want it. But then it's like, are you going to put yourself into a place where you actually can live in it? So, Because we can easily let go of it. So, for example, a smoker gets healed of lung cancer, yep. continues smoking, gets lung cancer again. Yes. Um, you, you prayed for peace. You're in a really hard time. You haven't really been trusting and relying in God, but God in his grace just gives you the amazing peace and you're like, oh, this is what it's like. Yeah. But then you don't actually live in his presence. Mm. You don't, Follow the word of God, which says, be anxious about nothing. Instead, pray about everything. Thank God for what is done. Ask him for what you need. And then the peace of God will come. And so we're given a, a chance to see what it is really like if we want to go in there. So, And the question I had, which I just wrote down in one of my notes one day, does God show his goodness for a season so we can seek it and grab hold of it? Giving us a chance to respond to gain the promise that he has and and it's almost like you know let me show you now here's a chance for you to seek after that and go i know what god's like yep but so many times we don't actually seek that and so moses um back in exodus 32 31 was set up this meeting tent with God which is called the tent of meeting which it seems was his own tent so this was set up after he'd gone up got the commandments the first time came down the the people of Israel were worshipping a golden calf broke the commandments set up this tent of meeting and and used to go and meet with God there and it says that the 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 uh pillar of pillar of smoke or cloud sorry yeah cloud came down covered the entrance, he met with God, Joshua met there, and it was actually for all the people to meet with God, really. But Moses would come out of there, nothing much different. The people had known him gone there. They'd been waiting at their tents, watching him go. But there seemed to be something that Moses hungered for a little bit more, and that was God's presence, because God had said, I'm not going with you because of the the way that Israel has just been a stubborn, rebellious people, yep. and I'm not coming with you. Moses was like, that's not allowed. You know, God, we have to have your presence. If you don't go with us, people are not going to see that we are your people Yeah. and the covenant that you have with us. And um, so I'll just read a little bit of that, Exodus 33, 14 to 18. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably upon me? On me and on your people, if you don't go with us, for your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on earth. The Lord replied to Moses, "I will indeed do what you've asked, for I look favorably on you and I know you by name." Moses responded, "Then show me your glorious presence." And so it's really weird that, you know, Moses was like, "God, I want your presence to come with us?" Yeah. But it almost looked like he didn't actually know what it was like. Mm. Yeah. So show it to me, and so. A little while later, Moses goes up Mount Sinai because God said, I'm going to do what you ask. I'm going to yeah. show you who I am, but I can't show you my face. You wouldn't be able to stand it. What I'm going to do is hide you, hide you with my hand. I'll walk past. You can see my back and the glory of that. So that happened. Moses receives the the tablets of stone with the covenant, and then he comes down the mountain. And this is when he's coming down the mountain. This is the, the story, Exodus 34, 29 to 31. When Moses came down Mount Sinai carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called out to them and asked Aaron and all the leaders of the community to come over, and he talked with them. And then in 32 to 35, Then all the people of Israel approached him, and Moses gave them all the instructions the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with them, he covered his face with a veil. But whenever he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he would remove the veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given him, and the people of Israel would see the radiant glow of his face. So he would put the veil over his face until he returned to speak with the Lord. So the encounter that he had with God, when yep. he saw his glory caused mm. his face to shine, he didn't even know it. Yeah, And I was just wondering... What implications that has for us in terms of our faith with God, and are we meeting with God in such a way that people can see God's presence on us?
0: Mm. I'd like to think so. Mm. So, how
1: would you see God? Like, how, how would to seek, seek God? How would I seek the presence of God? To see
0: the presence of God, you know, there's there's a whole range of different ways um, that that I personally do that. I mean, obviously, one is is coming together in in church on Sunday, and and at other times when we gather together as as believers and and seek God together through through worship, through uh, Bible study, through being in the Word, all that kind of stuff, through prayer prayer meetings and prayer time together. Um, but then also, you know, obviously in, in my own quiet time, reading reading the Word, just reflecting and praying about things. Um, you know, I love love just to to even just put the. The audio Bible on on my phone as I'm driving to work and stuff like that, and just have different passages playing just reflecting on things um you know even even being out in in creation and and just recognizing God it at, mm. at work in creation around us, and yep I guess getting away from from the distraction that I was talking about before the distraction of the world the you know the um, expectation and responsibility and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so you've got to, you've really got to set, set side of time, time apart. And, you know, like, I guess that's the thing that jumped out at me in that story about Moses. He goes up the mountain and he's gone for 40 days, you know, yep. like it's, you know, here he is supposed to be the leader of this nation and he just deserts him for 40 days just to go and be in this space with God. And, you know, I think that's, that. if you look at that, if you look at that story, that, that action of Moses, was significant in his leadership of the people to equip him and to prepare him and to make sure that God was with him and and all yep. of that kind of stuff and you know so it makes me question you know how how much priority is put on that time with God for mm-hmm. the different things that He calls us to do yeah um, you know so that yeah that's for me there's there's a whole range of different things that we can do but it is that in, intentional um, giving God all of our attention and not Just bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. Um,
1: And I wonder sometimes if we actually really hunger for that glory, you know, like we're thinking that, you know, we we often have lots of things to do and, you know, whatever it might be, troubles, like you said, busyness. And yet the, the whole reason that Israel basically, in the end, saw Moses going to the tent again when he was going to that tent of meeting and then coming out with the instructions from the Lord and his face shining, what made them really listen was that they saw God's presence in his life, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, if, like when the first time he came down, they didn't see God's presence like that. The second time he came down, they did. Mm. And it seemed to create a bit of a change in the camp. I mean, obviously, as you go on, they're still murmuring and complaining. but, But there's this sense that, hey, wait a minute. God is with you. Here's evidence of that. And I think for us as Christians, isn't that what we want people to see? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it, it's horrible to think that, you know, people could be so proud of the fact that, you know, they go to church or, you know, they're Christians or they have this mm. big, great moral compass that they need to point everyone in the right direction. Yet their life has no reflection of Christ's actual character and yeah. love. And so when 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 we are really seeking that presence we're hoping that we are changed and transformed which is what we'll look at in a minute mm-hmm. where it's not just you know our great moralness which is the old covenant yeah you know I'm keeping the law and you should keep it too but there's something different about us that when people see us that somehow there's a reflection of Christ in us coming from us don't you, don't you think that would be important
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and as mm. you say it's not it's not something that's put on it's you know it's something that just reflects out of us um, yeah again that's you know again that's something that that I'd hope we'd be doing is that that we are reflecting that you know the splendor of god as we go about the things that we do and it's not something that we have to put on it's not something that's a, a show or mm. or whatever but you know I I love the fact that you know, in, in that example, Moses didn't even realize that his face was shining. Yeah, um, that's, and, you know, that,
1: that's how it needs to be. Yeah. So that humility of, of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And and so we see Moses covering his face. And so our natural assumption is that, you know, well, obviously whenever he went into the tent of meeting, he'd remove it, come out again, uh, give the people his shining, the radiant glow of his face, um, and we think, well, that's why he had the veil, so they couldn't see God's glory. But in fact, when we get to Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 3, it tells us something different. And Paul's putting it in, in this picture of, like, guys, you got to understand, the old covenant was glorious. you got Moses got up, got the Ten Commandments, came down, and the promises God made were fantastic. But it was a fading covenant. Mm. It was destined to pass away, and there was a new covenant coming, which was cut through Jesus Christ's death, right? Yeah. And the blood that was shed there, and in fact, Moses was covering his face so that they couldn't see the glory of the Lord fading away. Now we're not going to read that whole Second Corinthians three, but if you read through that, you'll see that it's like Moses covered his face, and and this was a sign of the new, you know, of the old covenant passing away that that the glory was actually leaving. And so it seemed that it wasn't so much so that they could be protected from the presence of the Lord. Um, it was so that they couldn't see that, you know, the glory fading away, which is really, mm. really sad to think. But we got to remember, Moses climbed this mountain to see the glory of the Lord, right? Yep. Yep. And God turned up. He was obviously present in the tent as well. I'm not saying that there wasn't this, you know, extra boost with his brightness, at those times, but there are places that he went. And yet, to us, we now have a different way of meeting with God, right? Yeah, for sure. Which is what? In his presence. All the time. All
0: the time, yeah.
1: Yeah, because the Holy Spirit now has come to dwell in us. Yeah, and we have access to the Father at any time, any place. Yeah. And so we've got this amazing great covenant that we're not... We actually don't need to come to church to experience God's presence, but we will hopefully and in a yeah. different way. Yeah. Um, we can be at work and experience God's presence. That is, glory can shine into our life wherever we are. Yeah. Um, and so, 2 Corinthians 3 16 to 18 says this, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So, when did the veil get taken away? When Moses went to meet with God, right? Yeah. So, we've made this commitment to christ we've turned to the lord and that veil is taken away but it's not to ever come back on for the lord is the spirit wherever the spirit of the lord is there is freedom so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the lord so this is a promise to us as christians and i really like it mm. that we are able to see and also reflect the glory of the lord yep that's pretty awesome isn't it man
0: yeah absolutely that's yeah. really good really yeah. good
1: and how's that made known? Do you reckon?
0: How is that made known? Yeah. Well, through us coming to him, through through Jesus, through the cross, through the the veil being torn, that was there, the thing that separated us from from God, um, and through His Spirit in us, as we you know, as we accept Jesus into our lives, as we accept that invitation, and the Spirit comes within that that remains there, and and mm. you know, like it says there. Um, you know who, where is it? Um, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So, you know, again, it's that it's that remaining in in His presence. Mm. Um, you know, we can we can turn to God, and we just need to keep keep our eyes fixed on Him, mm. keep keep our face towards where He is, yep. uh, and remain in that space.
1: Yeah. Ultimately. And then the end of that passage, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him. Yeah as we are changed into his glorious image. Yep. And I think the beauty of that for me is that I'm not changed into his glorious image by trying to keep the law. No, I'm changed into his glorious image by looking into his face. Yeah, and And so therefore it becomes not a work of myself, but a work of him. Mm. And you become who you worship or what you worship. That's what you become. And I just love this that it's like, a process it's a journey that it makes us more and more like him you know like we we start out on our Christian journey where we're still you know we're dealing with stuff and and things like that but if we remain in him as you said in John fifteen remain in me mm-hmm. if I will remain in you you will, my words remain in you and you remain in me so holding close to our heart his word yeah um but not out of a legalistic way, but out of, you know, we're staring into this amazing law of liberty, you know, that, that gives us freedom. And if you haven't changed, if you're not reflecting God more and more, if you're a Christian that everyone would question, mm. you know, that, that old saying, is there enough evidence to, to convict you, Um it's very likely that you're not looking into him, right? Yeah. Um, because the glory of the Lord isn't abundant in our life, you know. And I think I think that's pretty sad, you know. Like if I take my Christian life seriously, the change happens not because I'm trying so hard, not because I'm doing so much, but because I am taking time to stare into His face, yeah. and and as simple as that, um, to to let Him. To surrender completely to him, yeah, yeah, and we're changed into his glorious image. And you know, I, I love that, I just love that it's not an effort on our part. You know, like, have you ever, Matt, have you ever felt tired of trying to be like Jesus? No, no, no that's cool. not <laughs> 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 Wait, but you completed, we're, we're, yeah. you completed
0: the sentence. Have you ever felt tired, <laughs> yeah, to be like Jesus? Um, <clears throat> no, I think, yeah, definitely, I think we again that that is part of the problem is that we try and do things in our own in our own strength even yeah. to to make ourselves reach a standard that we think is appropriate to be a yeah. follower of christ um yeah. and as, as you say it's just so good that that all we need to do is make sure that we turn our face to him and he does the rest of it like there's no there's no pressure there's no you know certain number of hours you have to pray or you know mm. you got to tick off a full year of every sunday church attendance uh in order to to gain a particular tier of christianity or mm. anything like that and you know again i think sometimes we can we can um you know over over analyze and regulate yeah what, what that looks like, and so we've got to be really careful that we don't we don't end up in that space yep um again, making sure we're just turning our face to god spending yeah. spending time with him and and letting his spirit do the rest and and work in us and mold us and shape us you know change us into his into his glorious image he does he does the work in that and it you know yeah it reflects it reflects out of us it changes the way that we hopefully live yeah live.
1: Yeah, and like when I think about the glorious image of Christ, it's like, well, what does that actually really look like? <laughs> well, I think the image of Christ is where your character changes to reflect his heart, you know? Mm. Like he had a heart for those that were were broken, that were lost, you know? Why did he come? He said to heal the sick, you know, give sight mm. to the blind, heal the brokenhearted, set the captives free and that our heart would change, you know what I mean? So our Christianity doesn't become about our self-awareness or... No you know our you know our spiritual journey, but yeah. about the whole point of reconciling people to Christ, yeah and having a heart to love people, and so I guess when you really think about that that reflection of God and his glory, it really is borne out in how we treat people, you know like and how we stand up for things that are unjust, and yeah you know how we. We do live a righteous life. Like, how can we not be holy? Because, you know, the Bible says, be holy as he is holy. But it's not, you know, a holiness born through our great works because it's never enough. Mm. It's born through our relationship with him, for him working in our heart as we're staring into his face, that he changes us daily into his image. And, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Mm. Yeah, so... I would like to say, Matt, that I do see Christ shine out of you. Oh. Yes, I see God reflected in you. And I think that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Same, same, Neil.
1: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, definitely. Even when I'm not somebody. Definitely
0: (laughs) evident. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Definitely evident in your life.
1: And that's what we want, you Mm. know. And we're not perfect. No. That's why I love it. It says that more and more. More and more. More (laughs) and more. That's it.
0: And I think the imperfection is when we get in the way. Yeah, as well. You know, like that's, and that's always going to be there. I think, and and we're just going to make sure that we don't let that become the focus. Yeah. Um, keep keep the main thing the main thing, and that is God. Yeah. Um, That's right. Yeah. Excellent. All right.
1: Thanks, Matt. Very good. (laughs) We'll catch you later. Excellent. Bye.